Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I am Marvin Williams. And today is episode 63. Wow. We are talking about Joseph and his little line in Hebrews 11 (laughs) is verse 22. Yeah, we reference him the last, uh, we reference him a lot the last episode. So now we're going to get into into his story. So let let me ask you a question. Um, what, What would you think if someone... Um, they carried someone's bones around everywhere they went. That would be odd. (laughs) (laughs) It would be very weird. Yes. But, but what, why, why would you think someone would do that? Um, I mean, I guess if it was someone who was special to them, maybe they still wish to have, I mean, I think I would choose like a piece of clothing or something that was theirs, <laughs> not their bones necessarily to remember them by or right, to right, right. keep close. But yeah. I guess maybe that would do, I don't. What? Yeah, I think, I think it would be, I think it would be weird too, but I think it would be kind of like if someone is cremated and, and you carried, you know, some people wear a necklace uh, like with a their ashes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I think it still would be a little strange to carry bone, the, the human bones around uh, with you. But, but it actually is pretty important with the story of Joseph that we'll, we'll see. But I think even before we talk about um, his bones and those kinds of things, how about we, we talk about his story? Yes. And and what happened and how such an important character he is in the again a cornerstone character for the the story of Israel. Yeah. So Joseph is one of my favorite stories actually <laughs> yeah. in the Old Testament, and his story can be found in Genesis thirty through fifty if yeah. you want to read that expansive um, yes part. So yes. Yep. So he is, and we mentioned this in the last episode. He is. Um, one of the younger sons of Jacob, yeah. and he is the favorite son. His dad has a special coat made for him. You may have seen the musical or yeah. be familiar <laughs> right, with exactly, that. Exactly. Joseph's Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> uh, he stood out, was made to stand out from the rest of his brothers, and to his detriment, he played into it. Yeah, he did. He definitely... Um, was overconfident. I don't think he was the most intuitive of, you know, he gets has these dreams that are powerful dreams. Speaking of, um, his, you know, his brothers bowing down to him. And now he makes the mistake of telling his brothers that. Yeah, I, which, I, think, yeah, I think he was kind of a braggart in that sense. Yeah. And so. So they, uh, there is at one point, their brothers are out in the fields his dad sends him out to check on them and they see him coming in the distance and they say, this is our chance. I'm sick of this kid. <laughs> and all of his comments, let's do, let's get rid of him. So they plot to kill him. They don't end up killing him. They end up selling him to some a caravan going by. He ends up, uh, so challenging, I mean, challenge is like an understatement, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Tragic situation for Joseph, number one, leads to uh, he now he becomes a servant in Potiphar's house, a high level official in Egypt. He quickly proves himself to be a great and trusted worker made in charge there. Challenge number two, um, Potiphar's wife finds him quite attractive and tries to seduce him. Joseph resists and says, no, I'm not going to do that. But she 
finagles a, a scene where it appears that he was he was assaulting her. Yeah. He was yeah. not. But he's thrown in jail again for something that he did not do. He's in jail. It's kind of like this trajectory of lower, lower, lower. Now he's in jail there, too. He proves himself to be a faithful and trusted person. He's um, an overseer of sorts there. He also interprets some dreams. Yep, yep. And then, and to these, uh, the baker and the, oh, the taste guy. Cup bear. Cup bear. Yeah, <laughs> the taste guy. The taste, the king's food. <laughs> uh, but they forget about him for years. Yeah. And so he's just sitting there until the Pharaoh has a dream. Yeah. And then, oh, wait, I know somebody. I know a guy who interprets dreams. So from there, Joseph is set free from prison, becomes second in command of all of Egypt. Yeah, yep. prime minister, yeah. So uh, as we've seen over and over and over and over again in Joseph's story, he... Um, just transforms every setback into a step forward, yeah. which I think is so remarkable. I mean, it's so easy to get down and discouraged when one bad thing happens in our lives. And this is thing after thing after undeserved thing. Yeah. And yet we see Joseph not wallowing in like, why? Yeah. But what's next? Okay. Yeah. Where where do I go from here? So. Yeah, I, I think one of the one of the things that um, we see throughout his entire story, and all through uh, chapter thirty five through fifty, we hear this constant refrain, "And the Lord was with Joseph." The Lord was with Joseph, and which um, again, even as a, a, a braggart, even as someone who lacked a level of humility beginning uh, early on, we see how God matures him. And I, th I think that God sometimes allows, even if we're exemplary, that God allows trouble, that God allows difficult circumstances to grow us up because we see the young boy, Joseph, being a braggart, being kind of overconfident. And lo and, lo and behold, that, you know, he, as you mentioned, he goes lower, lower, lower. Um, and, and I think God does a work in him mm -hmm. and transforms literally, as you mentioned, God transforms all of these difficulties, all of these setbacks into something uh, to get him to a certain place. Yeah. And, um, and, and all the while Jacob thinks that his son is dead. The brothers are de deceptive. They bring, you know, they bring his coat home and it's dipped in blood. And so all of this, and you know, Jacob has no clue that his son is still alive, and yet God, in all of that, is setting, um, you know, setting Joseph up uh, to actually save his, you know, save his family. And so, I think, I think it's, I think it's important to even, you know, put a pin here that no matter what you've gone through, mm -hmm. God is the God who redeems those moments. He can redeem, in this case, you know, his brothers threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery. He was accused of rape, uh, incarcerated. And ultimately God says, I'm going to take all of that and I'm going to redeem and bring you to a place of um, of, of, of 
of letting you see how my favor is is on your life. And Joseph did. I, I love that you mentioned that he remained faithful in every single circumstance. He could have he could have just said, you know something, this promise is, you know, this is bunk. I'm not, I'm not yeah. thinking about this anymore. And yet he remained faithful. And I think because he remained faithful, God blesses him in a unique and powerful way. Mm -hmm. And so I love, I love that. And then uh, we see that in Genesis 45, when, as you mentioned, so a famine hits the land, Joseph has um, overseen the storage of food. And so they're not only fine in Egypt, but he's able to, his brothers come to Egypt to get food. And then we see it all come together where Joseph sees, okay, you intended to harm me, yeah, but yeah. God intended it yeah. for good yeah, yeah. to it. do what's now being done, the saving of many lives. My own family, as well as this whole country of Egypt, it's like, oh my goodness, I see it now. All of these pieces were necessary and came together. Um, it totally, just we've been talking, it made me think of when I used to teach A Tale of Two Cities. Can I do a little literary <laughs> <Go ahead>. uh, <laughs> comparison? Which is a super hard book to read. Uh, I will agree. Uh, Charles Dickens isn't the easiest. <laughs> and I used to tell my students when I taught it, like, okay, so I know you've got a lot of, it's like a puzzle and you've got all of these different pieces that you kind of got to keep track of, but you'll just hold on, hold on. It's all going to come together <laughs> in the end, which is really what Joseph's story does. Uh, it's all of this that you think, oh my goodness, how could this get any worse? And this is not going like, well, but in that Genesis 45, we really do see it come together. Joseph understands this. This is what this was all about, um, and he's able. To, he is able to forgive his brothers. Yeah. He recognizes God's hand even in the um, the ways that he was mistreated. How God didn't waste that. Yeah. Uh, that God can use even that for His purposes. I, I, I love it, and you know this is a clear one of the clearest pictures of. Um, of Joseph being an um, archetype or archetype for Jesus. And Jesus, um, again, his brothers, the people of Israel, the Pharisees and Sadducees and others meant it for evil by killing him. And yet we see that uh, even in their attempting to kill or them, them killing him, crucifying him, he saved many. And uh, what they meant for evil, ultimately God meant for good to, to save us. And, um, and they thought that they had him. And on the third day, Jesus rose again. And so we see this picture that Joseph's life is a great example of what we see uh, in Jesus. Now, now again, we, we, uh, you mentioned that there's only this this kind of this one line by faith. Joseph at the end of his life made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave direction concerning his bones. And uh, I love that even while he was dying, um, he he says there will be another another exodus mm -hmm. and that exodus. God will not leave you in Egypt. Mm -hmm. That there will be a better day and you will leave Egypt to go to the, you know, to the promised land. And uh, and I love that God, even while Joseph is dying, he's showing his faith and saying that 
the promises that God made, he will keep his promise. We keep coming back to this, keep coming back to this because that's what faith does. Faith holds on even when it doesn't look like um, God is going to keep his promise. And, um, and so we see Joseph, the people of God, carrying his bones. We're talking like 40 years. They're carrying his bones through, you know, through the wandering in the desert, through difficult circumstances, through um, times of wanting to give up. And Joseph's bones represent that, that God will uh, God will keep his promise. And we see that his bones are buried in Shechem in the land that God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and these bones being buried there is like, okay, God, you, you, what you said you would do, you would do. And, um, and I think the fact that they carry these bones as a sign of we're believing that God will keep his promise and eventually they get to Shechem. And it was at, I think it's at that point, it's like, yes, God is not a liar. Mm-hmm. His character is intact. He's a trustworthy God. And what he promised Abraham um, is now fulfilled in uh, bringing us into the land. I just I, I love that. Um, not that not that there's an ex- not that you have to carry people's bones, but the bones really are reminders that God is a God who keeps his promise. Yeah. And I think even Joseph saying, hey, take my bones with you. Yeah. Is a is a recognition of his growth in humility yeah, in wow. this way. Like he knew, okay, I, I mean, he does know I was able to save my family. Yeah, yeah. But he recognizes, but I'm not the ultimate hero in the story. Like he, he, he realized there's a bigger picture going on. I'm not, you know, my family's not just going to take over Egypt. Um, he must have had some sort of revelation of knowing, okay, I'm a part of this story, of this bigger story. I've played my role. And then, but knowing there's not a big empire that's going to be developed from my family here. You're going to take me with, and completing that, um, that full circle. I do think it is so cool. The, where his bones are buried is the same place where his dad said, hey, go find your brothers when they sold him into slavery. Yeah, great insight. Which yeah. is just fun. I, mean, I love how <laughs> yeah, that yeah. does little detail things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We see that all throughout his word. It's super powerful. Yeah. And, and I think whether whether it is, um, um, I, I think, again, coming back to the bones and his humility that you talked about, um, we we should have some symbol with us to remind us in hard times that God keeps his promises, whether it is, you know, um, Joshua uses the stones of remembrance mm-hmm. and all through scripture, we see these symbols representing either how God acted or how God will act in the future to remind us. And so, um, you know, there are individuals who keep certain things to remind them of God's faithfulness. And, and I would, you know, I would encourage all of us. And again, not bones per se, but, but something that reminds us that God is bigger than our circumstances, that God is bigger than the, the difficulties we go through, that God does humble us through, um, through circumstances and that, um, that, that when we look at that symbol 
that represents, um, when we look at that symbol, it should represent God's faithfulness, his, his, uh, his power to work miracles in our lives and, um, and put it someplace prominent so as to be reminded, particularly during difficult times. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. That is huge. And we are so prone to forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those physical symbols of remembrance are, are powerful. Yeah. Um, I think we can also see in Joseph's story just his his reliance um, on that bigger picture that God was in control. I know for me, it's easy for me to selfishly want to win the moment, <laughs> you know, and for at the risk of, well, potentially at the risk of a, a bigger a bigger consequence, whether it's winning an argument or vying for some sort of power or position. Uh, when we're focused on ourselves, and I think we saw that initially in Joseph, like yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. quite understand yeah. and thought, oh, this is my, you know, I need to, I need to share this with my brothers because they're going to, they need to know that I'm really going to be the one. But then we see him as these challenges come up time and time again. Oh, it's not, it's not about selfishly winning the moment, but trusting in God's bigger picture, God's bigger plan. I think it's easy for us to look at the short term, win the moment, instead of thinking of the long term yeah, yeah, consequences. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, of choices that we may, even with the holiday season coming upon us, we may be tempted to <laughs> win the argument yeah, at the yeah, table, yeah, yeah, yeah. but at the detriment of that relationship with a relative. I don't know that that's worth it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. And and we do and we do see that um, near the end of Joseph's life. Where when he re, when he does the big reveal, um, he weeps with his brothers and, mm -hmm. and he loves his brothers. And again, to your point, he loves his brothers more than getting revenge. He could have gotten revenge oh, on his brothers, yeah. but he chose not to. His love for them um, actually uh, inspired and motivated mercy for them. And so I love that. So what, what can we learn about God and maybe even ourselves through this? I think for God, you referenced the phrase, which is worth repeating that throughout Joseph's story, you see the phrase, and God was with him Yeah, and God was with him. And that is true for us, uh, that God is with us, even when it doesn't seem, you know, it, even when in challenging situations or even when um, we don't have the warm fuzzies per yeah, se, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, of his presence, he is with us. This yeah. is Joseph's story. We get to see it from beginning to end. Yeah, We're in the middle of our stories, yeah. but it's a great reminder that he is with us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Love it. I, I think for me is that God transforms setbacks yeah. and um, he is a God of reversal and all that um, life and people meant for evil, that God can take that um, that setback, reverse it, redeem it, and set you up, set you and I up uh, to help many people with our stories. Um, uh, Joseph's story is a testimony of what God can do uh, to someone who continues to be faithful, not perfect, mm -hmm. but faithful, faithful to God. So if you have a story that is all messed up, filled with setbacks, um, I think Carolyn and I would love for you to know that God is the God who transforms those setbacks and he sets us up to, uh, to be a blessing to many people. That's right. Yeah. 
Thank you, friends, for joining us. Um, we encourage you to have a conversation, share that story, share what God is doing in your life with someone else, whether that's a believer, whether it's a yet-to-be believer. Um, God, we get the privilege of being a part of what God is doing. And just as we're having a spiritual conversation here, we encourage you to do that yourselves this week. 